Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. I, I um, want to share this um, message called Crooked Places Made Straight. Crooked, there, there's a lot of crookedness in the world today. There is a lot of brokenness, and there's a, but, but God has the power to make things straight. And he's still making things straight. And um, um, the, the scripture I have for you is from Isaiah 40, verse 4 and 5. Isaiah 40, verse 4 and 5, you can turn there really quick. It says, every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places, say the crooked places, shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And uh, uh, man, I, I, I believe that God has been making crooked things straight. He's been making crooked people straight, and he's not done doing it. We see it all throughout Scripture. One of my favorite stories about someone just finding the straight way, the, the true way, is found in Acts 9. It's one of my favorite um, transformation stories in Scripture. You can turn there, if you like, to Acts 9. And this is the story of Saul of Tarsus on his way to Damascus. And um, man, God took someone who, who was very broken, very confused, very on the wrong way, very crooked, and, and, and transformed him, and transformed um, him at a street called Straight. And I think it's no coincidence that he was called to, to go to a, a street called Straight. So here in Acts 9, verse 1, it says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him, to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way. I love that, that believers here are called people of the way. You know, people who follow Jesus are of the way because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one goes to the Father except through him. That is the straight way to the Father is through the way of Jesus. He was going to find any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? So right here, Saul asks two very important questions. There are actually two questions that every person needs to ask and to answer in their lifetime. The first one is, who are you, Lord? Who are you, God? Is there a God, and who are you? Saul, Saul, in this moment, he knew there was a God. He knew, he, knew that, that, he knew that something was going on, and he asked that first important question, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus. And I, I'm sure just, just his, his whole being just broke in that moment. When that voice, when the Lord spoke to him and said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Jesus is Lord. You are persecuting me. It is hard for you to kick against the ghost. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's that second important question. Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, it's not just enough to believe that Jesus is Lord. You also have to ask him, what do you want me to do? You have to follow after him. It's no longer I who live, but I live for Jesus, he lives in me. What do you want me to do? And Jesus began to speak to him and said, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. 
He gave him the next step. You, we all, as believers, we always need to be asking Jesus, what do you want me to do? He's not going to lay it all out, just A to Z in one instant. He wants you to live a life of faith. So he's going to tell you some things that you got to do, but he's not going to lay it all out. We all need to be continually asking that question, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do today, this week, this year? Just what do you want me to do? We should constantly be asking that and following after Jesus. The men, Heather and I have talked about this. We actually talk a lot about Saul and these two things he asked. She said in her life she believed on Jesus, but it wasn't until she was a young woman that she really decided, I'm going to follow after Jesus. What does Jesus want me to do? I've done things my own way. I've done things what that my friends think I should do. I've done things to just go along with the flow. But there came a point in her life where she said, God, I want to do what you want me to do. And we always need to be asking that question, Lord, what do you want me to do? Verse 7, it said, The men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. I love that. Saul was praying. He He was praying to Jesus. Amen? And it says, in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. He's looking at at this person, Saul of Tarsus, and said, he is a complete terrorist. He's going to terrorize me. He's a murderer. He could kill me. That is how Ananias saw Saul of Tarsus. But Jesus saw Saul of Tarsus as something else. Jesus sees you for who you truly are. You might think you know who you truly are. Other people might think they know who you are. Jesus knows who you really are. Ananias thought he was a murderer. He was a terrorist. He was was going to hurt him. But God knows who you truly are. Jesus knew who Saul truly was. And and the Lord spoke to Ananias and said who he truly was in verse 15. He said, go for he is a chosen vessel. Man, I love that. He is a, God sees you differently than other people see you. Jesus sees you differently than other people see you. Jesus understands faith. Jesus speaks faith. Faith. Jesus speaks reality. He speaks things that no one can see in the natural realm. He calls those things that be not as though they were. I was re- recently listening to Mark Hankins, and he was um, talking about faith, and, and he said that Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen said this about faith: the most kind of the most difficult aspect of faith is that part of, of that part of speaking those things that be not as though they were. The speaking side of faith. And Jesus here spoke that thing. He he says, he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. 
for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17, Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that, that when Ananias was ministering to Saul, he said, Jesus has appeared to you. I know that you're now a believer, but, but he's, he's going to heal you, and he, I, he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Man, what an awesome way to witness to someone. And Ananias, one really cool thing I like about you know, the, the life of Ananias, he was just an ordinary believer. He's not named among the, the 12 disciples. He's not named as a prophet, as a pastor, as a teacher, as an evangelist. He was just someone who was of the way. And God spoke to him and said, I, I want you to go, go to that street called Straight and go to this house and find, find Saul of Tarsus and pray for him. And it says, as he did that, verse 18, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. I love that. So here in the, in the, the transformation story of Saul of Tarsus, we actually see three important things in his life. Number one, he was baptized into salvation. You know, just before uh, service began, I met with everyone being water baptized tonight, and I said there are actually three primary types of baptisms in the Bible, in the New Testament. Baptism to, means to be immersed into. And the way you see the differences, you can see all three here in the, in the transformation of Saul. The first one is a baptism into salvation. You're being baptized into the body of Christ. The way you, you can tell which baptism it is, is you ask who is doing the bapti baptizing and into what are you being baptized into? So Saul of Tarsus, something happened and he, he decided to believe on Jesus and to follow after Jesus. The Holy Spirit moved on his heart, convicted his heart, and, and, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is the one that baptizes us into salvation, into the body of Christ. Right, so every, every person here who believes that Jesus is Lord wants to live for him. You've asked him into your heart. He's, he, his life is now in you. The Holy Spirit actually ministered to you at that point of salvation, at your conversion experience. The Holy Spirit is the one that baptized you into the body of Christ. Here we see that he also um, arose and was baptized at the end of verse 18. He was baptized in water. So a, a baptism of water, who, who is the one that baptizes you into water? A, another believer, Ananias, it could be Pastor Lawson tonight. Another believer baptizes you into water, and it's a baptism of identification. It's no longer I who lived. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. The enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said you are mine. Just like that last song we sang. And Ananias, I, I believe, led him into to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized into the Holy Spirit, this third baptism that I believe we see here at the end of verse 17, you're being baptized by Jesus into the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
Jesus, and this is a baptism, a baptism of water and a baptism into the Holy Spirit is available and I believe should be, should be received by every believer. And this is, this is something that, that's really cool. One aspect of, of, of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that, that um, it, it empowers you to be a witness. And we see here in verse 19, it said, he received food, he was strengthened, and then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. So that there was a major shift in Saul. There was a major shift. Jesus completely transformed his life. And, and Jesus is still in the transforming business. He is still making the crooked places straight. There is no one who is too crooked, no one who has gone too far, who can't be radically changed by the life of Jesus, by the Spirit of Christ. He's still, he's still bringing the high places low and the low places high and making the crooked places straight. And people who are very wrong and people who are very off track, he's bringing them and calling them into the way. The Spirit of God is still at work and alive today. He preached that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 21 said, All who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Jesus wants to completely transform your life. And I believe, it, just like everyone here tonight who's being water baptized, if you, if you ask him into your heart, if you decide to live for him and, and, and just, just realize that it's no longer you who live, but Christ lives in you, you're going to look radically different. It's so different that people aren't even going to recognize you. So my conclusion is this, is, is that Jesus sees you right now. Every one of you here tonight, Jesus sees you. He sees you for who you truly are. He calls you by, by who you truly are. And he has a great plan for your life. He has a, a divine destiny for your life. The plans that he has for your life, if he laid it all out for you right now, it, it, it'd just be too, too amazing to comprehend. That's why I think sometimes he just gives you bit by bit. And just tells you to, to go to church on a Wednesday night and go from there. And I believe that, that when you follow him and you ask, what do you want me to do? And, and just keep following him. Man, he's going to lead you on the best path for your life. And you will never be the same. Amen? Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.